Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. I'm Sienna. Hey, everybody. I'm Amanda. And uh, do we have fun facts this week? We do. I think. Oh, I have a fun fact. And it's that the only reason I'm here today or anywhere, any day on time is because of dry shampoo. Um, I, it's the only reason I'm a functional human being at all. I take way too long washing and drying my hair. And if I didn't have dry shampoo, I'd be completely screwed. That's my fun fact. I don't know if anybody can relate to that or not, but. (laughs) I mean, speaking (laughs) of hair, my fun fact, I guess, if we're going to talk about hair is this is like the first time I've actually fixed my hair in probably like a couple of months because usually I just let it air dry um and I like actually blow dried it because we've had a cold front past couple of days it's officially winter winter is coming no it's here and your winter is here thank you also fun fact I am counting down the days until my hair is long again. I'm already over my short hair. Short hair, I do care. Short hair. I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the it's whole short hair don't care. lip quiver. <laughs> I'm upset. Short hair in the studio. Yes. Oh, spoiler alert Mm -hmm. for the future when I tell my story. Uh, This is just a little, I don't know, an Easter, whatever. Spoiler alert for when I tell my story. There is going to be a, there is going to be a pseudonym in the studio. (laughs) And that's all. We love There's going to be another there's gonna be another pseudonym in the stew. <laughs> okay, so how would we spell stew with like pseudonym? So P S T U P S T U pseudonym in this stew. <laughs> oh my god! As you can tell, uh, this episode we're both highly... should be called pseudonym in the stew. Yeah, pseudonym in the studio, please, <laughs> please. As you guys can see, we're all about alliteration, even if it's not the same first letter. <laughs> as long as it sounds like it's supposed to be. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do the whole Valley Girl thing, but we are Valley Girl, Santa. You realize this, correct? Because we went to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Tennessee Valley Authority. That's right, the authority. <laughs> to keep a straight face but with that one I couldn't do it good lord Uh, the reason I bring up Chattanooga and this just organically happened Um, the reason I bring up Chattanooga is because that's where my story takes place oh my god yes our hometown 
our hometown, getting back to our roots. Okay, so before I tell you what my story is, I'm going to give you a few fun facts about Chattanooga, Tennessee. For those of you whom are unaware. So Chattanooga is the place I was born. I was born at Erlanger Hospital. Shout out to the nurses and everybody else that helped me come out of my mom's hoo-ha. And my Uncle Rodney. Um, Heck yes, Uncle Rodney. (laughs) (laughs) It's where I was born. You're welcome, world. Just kidding. Can I go back? Um, (laughs) And it's also where... Santa and I met uh, at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Go Mox. Uh, Santa and I yes. both studied communication there. Shout out to Mike Andrews, Betsy Alderman, everybody else we know from Dr. back Gailey. in the day. Dr. Gailey. Like, there's so many great folks that taught us and made us into these incredibly functional human beings we are today. Um. <laughs> I loved that school. Go Mox. Um, But more about Chattanooga itself. Uh, I want to say it's the fourth largest city in the state of Tennessee. I want to say it goes Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville. But Knoxville, I think, surpasses Nashville on game day. Go Vols. And then Chattanooga. So Chattanooga, where I was born, where we met at school, home of the Mox, uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, as Santa mentioned. Also home of the Little Debbie, the Moon Pie, and, if I'm not mistaken, the Crystal Burger, a.k.a. a gut bomb. Oh, yeah. And Rock City (laughs) and the Aquarium and Creative Discovery Museum and Ruby Falls. Yes. Well, most people, I think, have heard of Chattanooga by now, but if you haven't, You've definitely heard the song, pardon me, boy, is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? I'm telling you. (laughs) Yes. Chattanooga slaps. (gasps) Also, one thing we should say about Chattanooga, um, the late and great Leslie Jordan um, is from Chattanooga, was from Chattanooga. Um, He passed recently, and he was a delight to the nation, if not the world, and he... He's from, he was from there, and uh, he spent a good part of COVID quarantine in Chattanooga making hilarious content for all of us. Yeah. R.I.P. He brought Leslie a lot of joy. Jordan. Yes, R.I.P. Lots of joy, lots of laughter. It's just so sad. Taken too soon, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is from Chattanooga? Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, Chattanooga is known for a lot of famous people, a lot of famous places, a lot of famous brands, a lot of just amazingness. And uh, also, maybe I'm wrong, but wasn't it voted as best town or best city to live in? Maybe in like 2016, something? It was at least nominated. Or like best city to retire in or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's such an artsy, it's such an artsy city. Um, a lot of people that I know there are extremely talented. Uh, the yeah. story that had me shook this week was actually requested by my 80 pie diamond sister, my girl, Catherine call. She Catherine. requested. Yes. We love her. She's very talented. She, uh, she's an artist yeah. and she's got these amazing Chattanooga painting calendars available. I bought one today and I can't wait. I can't wait to get it. Um, but the story she requested that had me shook is none other 
than the Reed House. Oh, yes. It's a classic. And was this a Patreon request as well? It was. It was. Yes, if you join Patreon, you get to request a show topic. Look at us following through. Heck, yes. So the Reed House is one of the most historic buildings in the entire city. And it's the longest standing running hotel, I believe, in America, but definitely in Chattanooga. And its story is a little bit sweet, a little bit sad, but we're going to go first off with the sweet. So this historic hotel is 150 years old. It just had its 150th year birthday. I think it was this past January. And the interior of this beautiful hotel is themed after the 1920s. If you've ever been, have you been inside it? Yeah. So there's beautiful chandeliers. All of the uh, hospitality staff, they're all wearing, you know, flapper outfits and things like that. It's really beautiful. And I think from what I've heard, the rooms are kind of pricey, but worth it. John and Carolyn Reed, they came to Chattanooga from McMinnville, Tennessee, and they opened the Reed House in 1872, and they ran it until 1879, but then their son Sam took it over, and he expanded the 45 rooms into a 250-room complex. Um, There's been several famous people who have stayed in this hotel, including, but not limited to, Winston Churchill, Elvis Presley, Oprah Winfrey, several U.S. presidents, and Al Capone. Gang activity. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Fry. Kitty. Pennsylvania. I just if it ain't one cat. cat, it's another. Always causing a ruckus. A uh, question. You said the staff wears flapper outfits? Yes. Um... Connelly and I visited. We didn't stay in any of the rooms, but we had supper at the Porterhouse Steakhouse that's attached to the hotel. Oh, and yeah, I've eaten in there before. Yeah, it was this past. It was this past summer. I think it was when. I think we stopped there when we went to Catherine's wedding, actually, the night before Catherine's wedding, and we sat at the bar. Uh, Connelly had some drinks. I just sat there sipping my water and we had flappers and all kinds of cool, you know, costumey folks serving everybody. So, yeah. So I'm not sure when they instated that, but it's a whole atmosphere. Yeah. Cause when I, it was a long time ago when I ate in there, but it was just like very standard fine dining, like white t-shirt and Mm -hmm. black pants. And then of course I, I always went to that Starbucks that's attached that was my main reason for going in there and then I went to a wedding in the Reed house once in their banquet Mm. hall um which is like wait the silver ball the silver room I think so (gasps) oh we're gonna talk about that in this story that's crazy I know the I have to give a shout out I don't remember our waiter's name but we had the best service there and it was the best New York strip I've ever had. Like Connelly and I, we one thing about us, we love steak. And that was a really yeah. freaking good steak. And I believe I got like whipped mashed potatoes or something as my side. We split it. Oh my God, so good. I'm hungry. Anyways, now. many guests have stayed in this hotel. Some famous and some infamous. And some just have a downright sad 
story. So here's kind of where the story takes, you know, a turn. One of the most famous guests, if you will, may still be there. May have never left. In room 311, they say resides the spirit of Annalisa Netherly. She was allegedly a sex worker who was found murdered in the hotel room bathtub. Nearly decapitated. Uh, They say by a jealous lover. It's unclear if it was just your standard suitor, a a piece of shit client, or if it were a husband. We're not really sure about that. But one thing's for certain is that she stayed there for an extended period of time, and she was murdered there. And no matter who you are, no matter what you do for a living, it's never okay for someone to take your life. Like, murder is wrong. We can all agree on that, I think. But... Yeah, so Annalisa was a sex sex worker in Chattanooga, and she spent an extended amount of time there at the Reed House. They say her spirit lingers in room 311. It's the infamous room where Al Capone once stayed. Okay, now I have a little asterisk next to this because, as I mentioned, the rooms were expanded upon. Like, there used to only be 45 units. Now there's 250, and I don't know if this is part of it, but... The room 309 and the room 311 used to be one room, and now it's two separate rooms. And in room 309, there is a framed photo of Al Capone, and you see that there are bars on the windows. He stayed there while he was awaiting trial, and they barred up the window so he couldn't escape. Um, And I will hook back around to that, the reason why I know this, because I stumbled upon that fact. So room 311... Uh, It has since been restored to look as it did in the 1920s, and lots of visitors have had several spooky encounters there, namely men. Obviously, after what happened to her, she's not a huge fan of the man. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So they say because she hates men, she will purposely make the room, room extremely hot, unbearably hot. And if there's a woman staying in the room that she doesn't vibe with, doesn't pass the vibe check, then she'll make it feel icy cold. Quite the opposite, a chilling effect. Not really sure what that's about, but, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Heat is demonic. That's a great point. Heat is, like, more, like, bad intent, malintent. So that makes me wonder, then, if there are several spirits, perhaps, in that hotel room because many people die in hotel rooms like a a scary amount of people die go people go there to take their own life people get murdered recipes bob saget he died in his hotel room recently and that's one death i i I can't get over oh my gosh i know i just like i can't get over it like hotels are fun to visit and stay and hang out but they do carry a lot of just I don't like the energy of hotels. Energy. Yeah. Any, any hotel I've ever yeah. been, even newer constructions. Like. Did I, I don't remember where I was staying, but did I send you a picture sometime this summer of what looked like blood splatter on our hotel room's fire alarm? I don't remember. If you I don't did. know where we were staying. And even if I did, I wouldn't shame the hotel, but yeah. our room was pristine, pristine. Looked up. Just happened to look up. Our our fire alarm was smattered in this rust-colored substance. 
Hmm. I try not to think about it. Uh, it's kind of troubling. But yeah, you're right. Like, hotels give off a vibe, and sometimes it's spooky and sad and not it. Not the vibe. It's giving back rooms. Like, for me, hotels, like, anytime I'm in a hotel, it's just giving back rooms. Yeah. And that's pretty I don't, much it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know... Oh, even God, the Reed so House, many... even the Reed House, because for me, like the way it's like decorated in there and like maybe they've renovated it since I last was there. But like when I was there, I was like, I don't know. There was something about like the architecture and the way it's it, it's just how old fashioned it was. It wasn't old fashioned in the way that like vibed with me. It was kind of just like creepy. It is very creepy. Um, it's beautiful, but it's just. You can, I, I personally could just feel an energy about it. And I think I do want to stay there, but if I do I wanna stay. I want to do a field trip with you there. And yeah. And we can so, stay in the room if they will let us. Yes. So on that note, the hotel um, does not allow people to stay overnight in room 311, except during okay. October. So if we want to do that, we need to go ahead and plan that, I think. Um and most of that information that I just gave you, I have to shout out the source. It's one of our local news teams. I had the pleasure of um, interning at WDEF News 12. Uh, but this came from Local 3 News. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so they did a great piece on this. Uh, and I think it was in celebration of their 150th anniversary that just happened this earlier this year. Um, so... Let's see, where did I leave off on Annalisa? Oh, yes. So, switching gears, I found an amazing source for this story. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. They're called AK Explorations. Definitely got to shout them out. Like, mm, really good stuff. So, they're, I guess, a paranormal investigation team. They went and stayed the night at room 309, which is the one that has Al Capone's picture in it. And apparently, it used to be part of 311. So I'm going to oh. tell you some stuff that happened with them when they gave their own 360 tour. <laughs> Real life 360 tour. <laughs> 360 tour. <laughs> um, golly. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so they explained in the video, they actually had one of the tour guides. They do give tour guides 365 upon request as far as I have heard you just can't stay overnight until it's actual spooky season October but in their video they have the tour guide explaining everything about the history and he mentioned um he mentioned that when Annalisa was killed her body was not discovered until two days later by housekeeping awful I can only imagine the scene that they stumbled upon like oh my gosh awful somebody wasn't doing their job I know. Jesus Lord. To not to not come like Yeah. At some point between then to like change the towels or like make the bed do. or something. Yeah. yeah like seriously. Who dropped the ball? <laughs> Somebody dropped the ball on this. Um, so the AK Explorations team, they they got to visit. They got to go on a tour. A tour guide explained that it had been two days before her body was found. Um, while they're there, they have some EMF activity, and I 
I paid attention to the app they were using, and it's called the Necrophonic app. has like three stars in Apple iTunes. So they're going through. They're with the tour guide. Pick up some EVPs on the Necrophonic app. The mic that they're using on their camera it picks up knocking that they did not hear in live time. They didn't hear it with their own, own ears. And another thing that happened, there was a lamp that was on when they entered the room. And later it turned off in front of two of the people who were there. I heard whispers in one EVP. I didn't, they did not explain what they thought it said. But to me personally, I heard the words, cut me. Cut me? Cut me. So, yeah. One of the investigators, she actually gets in the tub where she was found. Um, I'm sure it's not the same tub, but they said they made the whole room look like it did in the 1920s. So she's got the spirit box, and I personally hear it say, stop, wait. Hmm. Really scary. Um, The woman asks, she says, do you mind if I'm the tub with you? And the box I wrote, I wrote this down in my notes as it screamed, yeah. Like, that's how it sounded. Do you mind if I sit in the tub with you? Yeah. Whoa. Ugh, I got chill bumps. I literally am. I wonder if she meant like, yeah, I mind or yeah, come on. <laughs> We're just taking a little bubble bath. Come on. You know, like, because she might be like, nobody really probably wants to get in that tub because it's scary and she's I reckon I, lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Dang. AK Explorations, after they left 311 and got their evidence, uh, they went into the silver room, the silver ball, where you mentioned. And the apparently, hall. Yes. Did you know? Did you know that they report seeing shadow people in that ballroom? I had no. no idea. I had no idea. But guess what? Connolly and I walked past that. We weren't allowed in. The The doors were barred. But we could see inside. And just looking inside, I had the heebie-jeebies. I was a little bit off-put by the energy. Yeah, like, I, would, I went there for a wedding one time. And, yeah, I got, like, a weird vibe in there. Yeah, it's definitely different. I've never been anywhere like it. Um, And I definitely want to go back. So, yes, we have to plan. Yes, we love you, Silver Ball. It's a beautiful (laughs) ballroom. I might even have my wedding there. Yes. Uh, I want to get married in the murder house. Oh, the workers were extremely, extremely welcoming and nice. And with what has happened to the service industry in recent years, like I know it's turned upside down. You know, too. You, you're you in it still. Um, they were delightful. And the folks that we were sitting at the bar with were patient and kind. So overall, I'd say 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Annalisa, if you can hear us from the other side, really, really sorry that you went the way you did. And it's tragic. Why do men? I hope that karma came to visit whoever did this to you very quickly, but I hope that the death was slow. Mm. That's all. 
Oh my gosh, Santa. There is one important thing that I forgot to tell you. But there is a room off the lobby somewhere or maybe down a hallway in the first floor where there's a framed picture. I think it's of Mr. Reed. I'm almost positive. And there's all these artifacts like the spoons and the plates and the menu, the first original menu. It's so historic and amazing. But let me tell you, girl, this painting, whoever it may be, I want to say it's Mr. Reed, his eyes... So one of the workers came and pointed this out. They said, did you notice that no matter where you go in the room, his eyes follow you? They follow you. I know what it's you're talking crazy. about. You've seen it? Um, oh, my gosh. Yes. And I had I had somebody in the hotel say that to me, too, when I was in there. Like, one of the many times I've been in that building. Like, going to the bathroom. Yeah. Pretty scary stuff. But anyways, thanks for submitting your story, Catherine. Yes. Thank you, Catherine, for suggesting that on our uh, Patreon exclusive suggestion area. Um, Anyone who else wants to be a patron and suggest stories, we'll do them. Come on. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to stay there this October or next October. We're already planning next October. Already. And like we said in a previous episode, next October is going to have some field trips. I'm manifesting it for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts on that story or do you have a story that had you shook? I do have a story that had me shook. And my closing thought really was basically that I hope that guy died that killed her. Yeah. I hope he fucking died. Yeah. And I don't usually wish death on people, but if you murder somebody, he you had can just die. Mm-hmm. You can die and go straight to hell. Because you're never seeing heaven. Because I said so. I can't wait to hear your story. I have literally have no clue what it could be. You're going to fucking love it. <laughs> you are. It's so multifaceted. But would you believe me if I told you there was a podcast that was haunted? It's called Two Girls, One Ghost. Hosts Corinne and Sabrina didn't want to believe it at first. But five years later and hundreds of encounters submitted by listeners, they can no longer ignore it. Two Girls, One Ghost is the most haunted podcast in America. We're talking EVPs scattered throughout episodes, spirits attempting to make contact with listeners, and orbs darting through their YouTube videos. Paranormal enthusiasts Sabrina and Karen explore the deepest, darkest, spookiest places in the world, delivering doses of research, history, and spine-tingling tales. If possessed kids crawling backwards up walls, campers entranced in fey orgies, and creatures chasing drivers down back roads is your thing, tune into Two Girls, One Ghost wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes are released every Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So I would just like to start my story that had me shook with a poem. It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabelle Lee. (gasps) And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child, and she was a child. 
in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee. <sighs> with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee. So that her high-born kinsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so, all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Oh, I love Edgar Allan Poe. Needless to say... That was Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe. And I read that um, as a preface to my story because I just want to talk about the legend of Annabelle Lee, which is a Charleston, South Carolina legend that has stood the test of time. It's very, very popular. And the legend of Annabelle Lee basically takes place and is usually told surrounding the cemetery of the Unitarian Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And that is the location of the Ravenel family plot where allegedly Annabelle Ravenel is buried. So legend has it that Annabelle haunts this cemetery, waiting for her lover to return from the war. Her lover being a man named Edgar. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. So, Dr. Edmund Ravenel, he was a famous conchologist, uh, which is like a scientist of scallops and mollusks. Um, mm. And, you know, marine life by the sea. Seafood. And he was allegedly the father of Annabelle Ravenel. And so, in 1827, according to the legend... Dr. Ravenel met a young soldier named Edgar A. Perry. Edgar was stationed in Sullivan's Island, and Dr. Ravenel became a sort of father figure to him because he had been disinherited by his parents for some reason. Hmm. I don't know what he did or why. Why? But when Perry met... Dr. Ravenel's 14-year-old daughter, Annabelle, they fell in love, mm -hmm. which present day, that would not be acceptable. Not uh, at all. Because I know that boy was grown. Um, <laughs> so 
When Dr. Ravenel discovered the affair between the two, mm-hmm. he basically took his daughter and took her ass back to Charleston, mm-hmm. where they came from. And Edgar Perry followed them to Charleston, according to the legend. And basically he said, where there's a will, there's a way. I'll Mm -hmm. find you. And he found her. And so they would like secretly meet up in this cemetery beneath the willows. Um, while the angels sang a whiskey lullaby. Anyway, I'm kind <laughs> of. They did not out. even have bug spray back then. Can you imagine? <laughs> then they buried him beneath the willow. Have you ever heard that song? Yes. <laughs> Brad Paisley. So, so Edgar and Annabelle would meet in the cemetery in the night and make out beneath the willows, according to the legend. But then. Dr. Ravenel discovered that this was going on and he locked Annabelle in her room, basically wouldn't let her go out and do whatever she wanted anymore. Mm -mm. Um, And then she ended up dying of yellow fever Mm. because she was just hot box in that room. According to the legend. And then shoot i always thought it was tuberculosis for some reason i don't know why it was yellow fever yellow fever for annabelle according to the legend and then yeah edgar Allan poe's wife may have actually died of tuberculosis i'm not (gasps) entirely sure i think you're right like his actual according to facts wife but I will verify that. It was, yeah, tuberculosis. His wife. Ah. So, Dr. Ravenel locked Annabelle in her room, henceforth, and she ultimately died from yellow fever. And so, in an effort to prevent Edgar Perry from continuing to come around and loiter in the cemetery around his family plot, um, Dr. Ravenel disguised her tombstone so that he wouldn't know which one was hers or even know that she was So did he cover it up or like... So it's not clear. I'm wondering, it's not clear to me from my research on this legend if he just like put a fake name on the tombstone, Mm. which is just like, wow, you would go to those lengths really pseudonym to just like basically do erasure of your daughter's name from history so yeah basically he just didn't want this boy coming around which if you think about it it's like so upsetting because it's like he was supposed to be like this father figure to him and they had this great like relationship but I mean if you yeah. think about it in today's terms, like 14 year old Annabelle and grown man Edgar, like I'd be t- keeping him away yeah. from my daughter too. Absolutely. Statutory. Hello. I'd be like, I've probably already killed him by now. You know what I mean? Like, before Got Annabelle dies, he's. T- yeah. It's giving the notebook in some ways. 
It's a very sad romantic tale. So... In 1885, it was alleged that Edgar A. Perry was a pseudonym in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) That's what I was trying to get at with the the tombstone. How did he just, how did he, uh, you know, was a pseudonym? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Edgar A. Perry was a pseudonym of Edgar Allan Poe. Allegedly, Arthur Arthur Robson Quinn, who was a Poe biographer, um, believes that Poe did know Dr. Ravenel um, while stationed at Sullivan's Island because he was a soldier at one point um, at Sullivan's Island. And Dr. Ravenel was a likely inspiration for some of his work, like the gold bug and Annabelle Lee, for example, because Dr. Ravenel was a real person and he really was, you know, a conchologist, but apparently Dr. Ravenel did not have a daughter named Annabelle. And Mm. when basically when Edgar would have known Dr. Ravenel, Dr. Ravenel's, oldest daughter at the time was an 18-month-old baby. Hmm. So he didn't have any other daughters that Uh, could have been an inspo for this. Hmm. So some fun facts about this. Uh, Not so fun, but facts. (laughs) Annabelle Lee was the last poem written by Edgar Allan Poe in 1849 because he died October 7th, 1849. And it was published later that same year. It's never been confirmed who Annabelle Lee is based on, but it is speculated to be about his wife, Virginia Eliza Clem, who died two years prior to him writing it. And she died of tuberculosis. Was she his cousin? Yeah, they were, they had some relation. Yes. I don't I didn't go super deep into that part, but yes. Back then, though, it was very common for cousins to marry cousins. It was, like, very much a thing in, like, Civil War era. Yeah, you had to do what you had to do. You had to Mm -hmm. do who you had to do. It was just so normal and not considered frowned upon at all, which is, like, In these parts, though, this day and age, you can't. You can't be doing that. Not with 23 and me around. Don't do it. I will tell you something. There there are some clout chasers, though, that have claimed that Annabelle Lee was about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to name drop. Sarah Elmira. Y'all wanted clout? I'll give you clout. Sarah Elmira Royster and Sarah Helen Whitman both claimed that Annabelle Lee was written about them and that Edgar told them so. Mm. Um, no. These clout chasers <laughs> could never. They could never. I'm sorry. Like, but what we're not going to do is attribute this to the side piece. We're not going to do it. We're not going to attribute this iconic, legendary piece of literature to 
the side piece when we know damn well it was about his wife. Yeah, not this green beans to the pork tenderloin. Absolutely not. They tried it. They tried it, but (laughs) no. And also, I have a couple of other things to say about Edgar. Yay. I have a couple of other things to say about him. Oh, also, my source for this part of the story was Ghostland by Colin Dickey. <gasps> Yay, Colin Dickey. One of my favorite ghost books. We're Instagram friends now, I think. I hope so. Oh, yeah, we are. He commented on something. He commented on he one did. of our posts. On the every season, a spooky season in our book. That oh, post he, yeah. Because we displayed our books. Ah, yeah. yeah, Colin Dickey, fangirl moment. Colin Dickey, fangirl moment that I forgot happened. Colin Dickey, the author of my favorite ghost book, actually liked and commented on um, one of our posts where we are holding ghost books and I'm holding Ghostland by Colin Dickey in my picks. So yeah, fangirl moment for sure. Yes. Um, and then I have some more fun stuff to say about Edgar Allan Poe. So, <laughs> back to Edgar Allan Poe's death. Yeah. So, Edgar Allan Poe died on October 7th, 1849, which was about a year and a half after the Fox sisters introduced oh. the masses to the concept of spiritual communication. Allegedly, a medium communicated with Poe's spirit, and he seemed very regretful about spending much of his life in darkness, like putting such dark stories out into the world and, you know, being moody. And, okay, so the Fox sisters, the way they would communicate was through Knox. But remember in the Thomas Lynn Bradford story how Thomas Lynn Bradford communicated with Ruth through writing? Like, so Ruth Mm -hmm. would write the things that he was saying through her. Mm -hmm. So mediums basically were claiming that Edgar Allan Poe was writing through them. And he allegedly said, I now am a spirit given through God's kind grace to good works. No kind spirit offered to write through my hand, but I think many a dark spirit had my brain in his power, the power of the demons of hell. So like basically these mediums who claim that he was speaking through them are trying to say that he wishes that he had spent more of his life, I guess, probably in a Christian way. Hmm. And I don't know if they're trying to say he his spirit is in hell or in turmoil of some sort, but I it sure seems hope like not because he was just a troubled person mm-hmm. and he had an addiction problem and lots of other things. His and spirit probably him. was very uh, chaotic. Yeah, but the funny thing is. Mediums began writing stacks of new poems, claiming that Poe wrote them through their hand, and even a revised version of The Raven. 
Get out of here. What, the Sparrow? There's a revised version of the Raven out there somewhere that I don't know. I'm going to check that out. Um, And then a medium named Lizzie Doten published an entire collection of poetry channeled through Poe's spirit in 1863. And then I have one last little fun fact about Poe. Tinky winky. I was hoping you Lala. Poe. Poe. That show's terrifying. It was, and I loved it. And I had the Poe toy when I was a kid. My brother had Tinky Winky and I had Poe. I had Lala. She was the yellow one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had Lala. My sister had Poe. I thought Poe was so cute. Last little fun (laughs) fact about Poe. So, I mentioned that Edgar Allan Poe died on October 7th, 1849. So on October 3rd, Edgar Allan Poe was seen wandering the streets of Baltimore, looking very unwell. It's believed that his last stop of the night was at a bar that is now known as the Horse You Came In On Saloon. And he died four days later after going to that bar. Staff at the bar currently have reported a number of unexplainable incidents, including swinging chandeliers and cash registers flying open for no reason. Wow. And in honor of Edgar Allan Poe, it is a ritual to leave a glass of whiskey on the bar at closing time. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that little thing because that's a place that we could go we could go to the horse you came in on saloon in baltimore and i learned about that in a ghost book called 50 states 500 scary places to visit Ooh, queen yes wow so that's that's my story just like some edgar Allan poe stuff speaking of edgar Allan poe one of our bonus content plans that we've kind of had brewing for a while is we're going to have a Poe night where we basically we're going to dress in we're going to try to look Victorian 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 gothic garb um Mm. maybe like some lace glove black lace gloves or something um tea (laughs) stuff like that and we're gonna read our favorite Edgar Allan Poe stories I will be reading, spoiler alert, The Fall of the House of Usher, because that is my favorite. Yes. And I want to read The Black Cat. That, I either want to read The Black Cat or The Cask of Amontillado. I love The Cask of Amontillado. I can't get it out of my brain ever since I read it in high school. That's how I feel about The Fall of the House of Usher. It's always That one's a great one, too. I remember. The thing is, Edgar Allan Poe, fucking genius. Everything he wrote was beautiful and morbid and just different and legendary just ugh. it's so sad the way that he died the way that he did like messed up did you see the the buzzfeed unsolved that they did about him a long time ago Mm-mm. they gave a few different explanations for what may have killed him but they suspected there could have been foul play or it could have been just his alcoholism that caused him to have that so i don't know 
But definitely check that out. That episode was really good. Let me, because I haven't watched that episode in probably over a year. Uh, let me see if I can pull up an exact cause of death. Wait, what? Listen to this. Poe likely died of rabies. Rabies? Had been, what the fuck? Poe had been seen in a bar on Lombard Street, disheveled and delirious, but it was but it is well established that he died in the hospital. He was comatose when he was admitted to Washington College Hospital. By the next day, he was perspiring heavily, hallucinating, and shouting at imaginary companions. I don't remember them mentioning rabies, but I do know about rabies that uh, one of the things that happens to you if you have it is you become hydrophobic. You're scared of water. And if you get rabies and you don't know it, when you start showing, showing symptoms, it's already too late. It's terrifying. Like, rabies scares the shit out of me. If you ever get scratched or bitten by an animal, please go to the doctor. It's, if that's what killed him, mm-mm, no, no ma'am. Wow. That's like, he had to go out like that. Ugh. So morbid. <laughs> I feel like it's I just speculation. It. Yeah, it's just Speculation City over here. I guess a weird and sad, dark death is somehow fitting. Right. It's, like, unfortunate. But. Great We love you, Edgar Allan Poe. And we're going to have a Poe night. Can't wait. We're going to have a Poe night to celebrate the work of this wonderful macabre storyteller. Yes. So get on the Patreon. Get that's the only it, way you're going to see it. <laughs> it's going to be Catherine under lock and, and key. <laughs> yeah. Skeleton key. Yeah. Catherine and Emily will get to see it because we have, not to brag, but we have two patrons so far. <laughs> Yeah, not to brag, but we have two Patreon patrons, Emily and Catherine, (laughs) and they're going to get to see our Poe Night exclusive. Yeah. Well, that was a great story, Santa. Major respect to Edgar Allan Poe, and may he rest in peace. Rest in peace, Edgar Allan Poe. I actually, fun fact, um, very recently purchased a collection of Edgar Allan Poe stories um that i'm very excited to dive into uh prior to our po night see if there's anything besides fall of the house of usher i might want to cover something like shorter in there that i, I love that love. something different that's gonna be awesome uh well any last thoughts before we say goodbye uh, nothing much other than, uh, an additional shout out to the ladies at Two Girls, One Ghost. Heck yes. Yeah. We Seriously love you guys. Obsessed. We stand. Yes. We have no choice but to stand. <laughs> and yeah, can't wait yeah. to hear the next episode. And the next episode. And the The next next episode.
and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Yeah, next I've been listening to Sabrina and Corinne since, like, I don't know, whenever they came out. I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2017, but they, they too, went to school together, if I'm not mistaken, and oh. formed a friendship, and um, they're just, they're great, and I really enjoy listening to them, and I'm glad that we've gotten to interact with them on Instagram a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, I actually I think you've been listening longer than me. I discovered them via TikTok actually because they yeah? have they have a boom in TikTok account. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was when we were in the process of developing our podcast and um we were just kind of like figuring out our our branding Format. Yeah. and our color palette and just like those kind of basic things. Um, and I saw a two girls, one ghost TikTok, and I saw their cover art and I was like, that is so badass and such mm-hmm. a great use of a Ouija board. Like, and I remember I sent it to you and I was like, this, this is what a cover art is supposed to look like. I remember I was like, uh, Will Ferrell and Elf. I was like, I know them. Santa, I know him. I know them. Yes, they're amazing. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, Santa, we've been new. And I was like, ah. And then I started listening and I loved it. Yes. We love you, Corinne and Sabrina. Yeah, we're pretty much just simping for them at this point at the end of the podcast. (sighs) Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about it. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, cool. Well, that's our show, y'all. Gotta go by. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay Shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.